Hello out there, bibliophiles. Welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew. And I am in the archives in the conference room with Candace Riley, Manager Special Collections. Hi, Andrew, and hi, everybody. Uh, and Candace, you're going to talk to us about a little bit of book magic today. Is that right? Absolutely. So I've been very into the materiality and the aesthetics of books mm -hmm. recently, um, as we talked about in our, our last episode on the beauty of these prayer book bindings. Yeah. Well, this is another really fantastically beautiful book. Um, the reason that I purchased this was because of a forage painting a few years ago, because I didn't have an example in the collection. And students and researchers and anyone on a tour, I always show this book, so it's always heavily used because the forage painting is really fun. So, um, But before we get into that, if I just brought this book out to you, it looks like a green book. Um, it is a Morocco leather binding, has some lovely gilding you know, on the front and back boards. Um, it's a book of Shakespeare's plays. So mm -hmm. we have Shakespeare's name on the spine and it was printed in London in 1826. And it comes in this little slipcase binding to protect it. But like, you know, looks, looks nice. Nothing maybe too special. Right. You know, when you asked if we had seen this before and we talked about it on the podcast, I said no at first. And then when you brought it in, I kind of thought, well, maybe we did because it kind of looks, I mean, it's, it's nice, but it kind of looks nothing special. Nothing special. Right? So maybe we've seen it before. Yeah. But it has fantastic art applied mm -hmm. to the foredge of it. So for those out there, the foredge is the long side of the book. So when you're turning the pages, you are flipping through the foredge part of the book itself. So um, it is gilded. So that means, again, it, the sides of the book have that nice gold applied mm. to it. So if I'm, Andrew, I'm showing you the book right, right now on the side. What do you see? It just looks like gilded edges. It, gilded edges and it's closed. A little bit worn, little but bit worn, it's old, so. It's an older book. Yeah. It's not in the best condition. Mm -hmm. The front board is falling off a little bit. Um, but, you know, looks pretty typical. I would say this is like maybe a nice limited edition book I can mm -hmm. find in a used bookstore. But what is so amazing about this book is the artistry that was applied to the foredge. So you're opening it flat right now and flat. you've got the pages in your hands. I yep. do. And then I'm going to very gently press down to create an angle with the foredge. Mm -hmm. And then that is fanning out the pages, but they're still tight together. Yep. And it is creating a scene. And that scene is the birthplace of Shakespeare. So this being a book called The Plays of Shakespeare, the artist then wanted to create a foredge painting. So that's a hidden painting yeah. on the foredge of the book. And when you then morph the foredge a certain direction, a painting magically appears. That is so cool. And that's why I refer to this as book magic. Yeah. Um, because unless you look for it or you know it's there, you won't see the foredge yeah. painting. Um, it is an amazing skill to be able to paint like this um, because just think about if the paint is too thick, you're going to then have clumping right. on the page, um, that the paint is there and then the gilt is applied on top of it in a very oh, certain really? way. Okay. Um, and it has to be done delicately too because you don't want to damage the book yeah. or any of the interior. You're not seeing paint on any of the pages. It's yeah. just on the foredge. Um, so we have this lovely little English countryside scene, like I said, of Shakespeare's birthplace, um, where we have his, his house. It has these four gables. 
Um, and then there's a little landscape where we have a tree on either side of the house. We have um, a farmer and his child with their dog walking and another couple walking. It's this very sweet scene. Yeah. It's, it's nothing too, you know, amazing or mind-boggling uh, but of artistry. But it's very sweet. But yeah. I always think it's amazing that it's there. That it's that this image lives on this magical part of the book. Yeah, and it's not like a sketch or an outline either. It looks pretty realistic, like something that you would expect from a lithograph or something mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, it's a beautiful little landscape. Um, and think about the size of this too. It's very small. Yeah, right. This is fitting simply on the foredge of a book. So you have to be very skilled with a tiny brush um, to be able to make something like this. We're even seeing um, on the windows, you're seeing the lines to create the patterns on the windows. Oh, right. Yeah. That is, I would say, a millimeter. Each each window is probably a millimeter of thickness. Yeah, that is just amazing. um, You have to be a very good miniature artist Mm -hmm. as well as a forage painter to create something like this. Um, unfortunately, forage painting is is not so popular anymore. I feel like it's a dying art. Um, but for those out there, there are people who still practice this art, and you could actually find them like on TikTok or Instagram too, and you can watch <laughs> them. It's it's very meditative I how bet, they have yeah. to then um, clamp the book the way that I'm holding it to show you right. the image. And um, they were using like a watercolor based paint, um, paint okay. because it's not too thick. And they can apply very thin layers of the paint and kind of build that up slowly um, to create that image after sketching it out. Um, Something I would love to try one day (laughs) when I have some more time with a book that I I don't care about messing up. (laughs) Not one from our collection, obviously. Um, But a very special image um, and one of my favorite books to show people because it is truly special when you see the painting. I know, and with all of the prayer books that we've seen that have such levels of craft and artistry, you you think about the the networks and communities of craftspeople who specialized in this thing, and that's what they did, you know, and uh, maybe it was a skill that was passed down between generations. Uh, Again, whole communities of people dedicated to to this craft. It's just amazing to think about. It really is, and... It's sad to think of it now as not, you know, a popular art form. You could still find forage paintings yeah. out there. Um, I think it's really humorous to kind of see what paintings are on books. <laughs> I have come across some um, on occasion where there was like an erotic image mm-hmm. on the side of a book that had nothing to do with it. It was just like this <laughs> sneaky little image that yeah. was put there, um, which is kind of funny, I think of. Um, but this one really, you know aptly is placed right um, it's the shakespeare's birthplace on a book of shakespeare's plays it's topical yeah. so very topical uh, maybe somebody was a really passionate reader of shakespeare they then purchased the book and then brought it to an artist to, to apply this amazing forage painting um so that could have been the story for this book similarly to the prayer books we talked about in our last episode another book that was a gift um mm-hmm. so the book was printed in 1840 who knows when the gilding occurred because let's okay. say the book was printed in 1840 but then maybe the few owners didn't do anything to the forage sure. it could have been done later on um so we see here an inscription saying to hendy with love from dad um and that was for xmas in 1937 oh wow and in a similar script we're seeing on the back of the front board on the end paper, it notes that this is Shakespeare's birthplace at Stratford-upon-Avon um, with gilt edges. 
So yeah, certainly different handwriting. Different yeah. handwriting. So who knows if it was a bookseller, but that's what's always fun about kind of looking at the inscriptions yeah. of those books to kind of figure out the history of it. And then we have a little book plate here as well, knowing um, some past ownership. It's amazing to think that it was given as a Christmas present a hundred years after know. after it was made. Yeah. Yeah. After it was printed and bound. And then we have it, you know, 80 years later. Yeah. So it's it's really fun to kind of see these histories of these books, um, to think about families that own them, pass them down as gifts. Sure. People love them, like we talked about in our prayer book collection. Yeah. And then now we have them, and students are constantly amazed by these forage paintings because they're just like, I had no idea that that was lurking there. <laughs> and it makes me want to kind of go to used bookstores and kind of just test that forage and see if there's a little yeah. painting lurking beneath some of these books. You may never know. You, you may never know. Well, thank you for sharing this little bit of book magic with us, Candace. Absolutely. That's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candace Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10. <laughs>